there's a popular uh, TV show out there called Mythbusters. Mythbusters. How many of you guys know Mythbusters? Okay, good. Yeah, it's it's a common show. Uh, it's it's gained some popularity. <coughs> and uh, Mythbusters is a TV show. If you don't know what it is, uh, that takes common myths out there that are just kind of flying around in, in our culture and uses science to try to prove whether those myths are true or not. So for example, there is one episode of Mythbusters where uh, the crew tried to dispel the myth that you can only fold a piece of paper seven times. There's, that, there's this myth out there that you know, if you tried to fold your note sheet of paper seven times, don't do it, but if you tried, you could only do it seven times, like um, realistically. And so they tried to dispel that myth and say, well, is that, is that really true? And they did all kinds of stuff, and they couldn't fold it more than seven times. They just couldn't. However, at the end of the show, they finally, uh, they, they busted out the big guns. I mean, they, uh, they got this ginormous piece of paper. I mean, we're talking like, like much larger than this room, like, like probably as big as this church or something like that. It was huge. Uh, and they got a steamroller and a forklift and a large crew and they folded it 11 times, 11 times. So I guess it is possible to fold a piece of paper more than seven times. You just have to get some big stuff to do it. So uh, they, they busted this myth. And this morning, I want to bust some myths, okay? I want to bust some myths. And not about paper so much, but I want to bust some myths about the Ten Commandments. There are a lot of myths out there about what the Ten Commandments are and what they do and all that kind of stuff. And I want to make sure that you guys understand what the Ten Commandments are not so that we can move forward to actually understand what they are. So, um, so uh, in honor of the Ten Commandments having ten commands, uh, let's bust out, or let's bust, I'm sorry, what in my opinion are the Ten Commandments or the Ten Popular Myths about Ten Commandments. So. Uh, if there's 10 commandments, we're going to have 10 myths, and that's how it's going to work this morning. So uh, these are in no particular order um, necessarily, although as we will see in just a second, uh, the number one on your list, in my mind, is the most common myth, um, and that's why we'll introduce it first. However, I, I did try to group these together uh, to the ones that are related, so that'll just be much easier to follow. So, uh, so let's go and just jump into these. What are these top 10 myths? Uh, number one, and uh, I have uh, you know spaces there for you to write these down here, but number one, they are just a bunch of rules. They're just a bunch of rules. Ten Commandments are just a bunch of rules. This is the most common myth in Christian churches today, in my mind. Uh, the Ten Commandments are, you know, they're just a bunch of rules. They really have, there is, there's no rhyme or reason for them. Uh, there's really no reason why God selected these rules. We don't know why they are there. We don't know um, why God chose these in particular. They're just kind of nice ideas, okay? That's, that's a very common, probably the most common way people think about the Ten Commandments. They just don't know. They know they're good. They just don't know why. They just, they're just there. Uh, so, but I'm afraid that the average person in our American churches couldn't tell you why God chose maybe a commandment like don't steal. Uh, to be part of the Ten Commandments, or they couldn't explain why he put in there, don't commit adultery. Um, and that's a shame, because if you don't understand why God chose these commandments, uh, and not like, you know, other ones, then you're really missing the entire point of the Ten Commandments. 
uh, it has taken me a very, very long time, but I think I have found the perfect combination for my burrito at Chipotle. Uh, here, here's, here's my perfect combination, okay? White rice, black beans, chicken, no salsa, extra sour cream, cheese, guac, and lettuce, okay? To me, that's like heaven wrapped in a burrito sack, okay? That's, that's awesome. And you might say to me, uh, but James, don't you want the steak? You know, don't you want the steak? And, and, and I would say, well, yeah, that's, that's good. I, I agree with that. The steak's good. I've tried it. Uh, you know, but, but I don't know. It's just, it's not the same as chicken to me. I don't know. It's just, it's different. And you might say to me, you know, well, well, don't you want the hot sauce? I know you don't have any salsa in there. Don't you want the hot sauce? I'm like, well, yeah, I've tried the hot sauce. Sometimes I'll have it. But to me, it's just, I don't know. It's just a little bit too much. There's just too much going on in there. And, you know, so your taste buds might be a little bit different than mine. But I have a strategy, a plan for what I'm trying to put together with my burrito, right? I'm looking not just for the tastiest. For me, also, I'm looking for the healthiest burrito, OK? Because that's just, that's just the way I'm, I'm wired right now. So. I'm trying to create the healthiest and tastiest burrito, and because of that, that's the combination that I have. I have to have those ingredients and not others. And so, you know, you may not be as concerned about, you know, what I have in there, but, but that's, that's my strategy in a sense. And that's the same way the Ten Commandments work. Uh, God did not include the Ten Commandments, uh, you know, did, did not include inside the Ten Commandments, you know, be friendly to everyone. That's not a command of the Ten Commandments. He didn't say evangelize the lost. He didn't say read your Bible and pray every day. Uh, he just picked these Ten Commandments. And that's because God has a strategy with these ten. It's important. You, you can only have these ten, and you have to have these ten. Okay? Uh, these ten are so important. And so, uh, so they're not, it's not just a bunch of rules. There's a purpose with each one, okay? Number two, <clears throat> number two, they are arranged in some random order. They are arranged in some random order. Although it may really sound similar to the last one, this is actually different than what I just talked about. Uh, the first myth eliminates the idea that God randomly pulled these Ten Commandments off the shelf. Um, but I, th but I, I think many people also think that the order in which they are show up is also random. Um, in other words, as soon as God pulled off the Ten Commandments, he uh, closed his eyes, pointed to you know, a group, the, the group of the Ten Commandments and said, and opened his eyes and saw it landed on, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. And then he's like, that's the first commandment. And, uh, and then he did that again, and then it was like, you know, you shall not have any graven images before me. And that's not what God did at all. What God selected is very intentional, and the way God arranged the Ten Commandments is also very intentional. Uh, the order is very important. Um, you know, at Chipotle, the order of your burrito is not important. What you throw in there, it's not important when you throw it in. But how many of you guys have done a lot of cooking? Raise your hand. Some cooking. Yeah, okay, a few of you, okay? Uh, in cooking, there is a process, and you, can, you usually can't disrupt that process. You know, I've been making a lot of pies recently, like pumpkin pie, 
And if I were to just make this, mix the spices together and just throw them into the oven without a pie crust, uh, that's going to be really bad, right? It's, I'm going to mess up my oven and it's going to be terrible. Uh, that's horrible. There's an order in which I make something in the cooking process. And uh, that's exactly the same way it is with, uh, with the Ten Commandments. There is an order, and the order is important. Uh, there is a natural progression in the cooking process. There is a natural progression to the Ten Commandments as well. Okay, So that's number two. Number three, they don't really relate to me. They don't really relate to me. Now, this myth kind of cracks me up a little bit. Um, people say, like, the Ten Commandments are out of date in some sense. Um, they don't really apply to us anymore. They're old. Uh, you know, we live in a modern society, so why are, do we have these rules and stuff like that? You know, nothing could be further from the truth. These are very, very applicable uh, to our time today. Um, these commandments are the operating principle for your Christian life. I don't know if you realize it, but the Ten Commandments interface with your daily life all the time. Uh, the choices that you make, the thoughts you think, every desire you have in your heart, the Ten Commandments are, at the, are the bedrock of all of that. And they really are. Um, it's kind of like driving a car. Uh, we take for granted that there are actually gears and pistons and motors inside a car. There's explosions going on inside the car. Like, it's true. Like, it's, it's crazy. There's stuff going on. We don't see it, but it's actually happening. And you don't, you know, you don't see that going on inside the car, but it actually makes your car run. And the Ten Commandments are always running in the background of the Christian life. They always are. And so they're very important. You can't have the Christian life without the Ten Commandments. It's just, it's not possible. So that's number three. Number four they really only work in evangelism. They really only work in evangelism. They really only work in evangelism. This is not a common one. In fact, I've actually never heard anyone say this before or, 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 um, or proclaim this in some way. But I fear it is something that people might think um, because of the way the Ten Commandments get used so often. And this claim could be made by people who follow a group called uh, The Way of the Master. How many of you guys have heard of The Way of the Master? Anyone heard of that? Okay, good. It's actually a really good group. I'm not, the, this is not to, to bash The Way of the Master. It's actually, it's actually the opposite. It's actually, The Way of the Master, it's good in a lot of ways. So, um, but that group is, is headed up by a guy named Ray Comfort and by another guy you might know, uh, Kirk Cameron, and these guys are—they um, have this website and this program called uh, the Way of the Master. And what they do is they, you know, like maybe Ray Comfort will will walk up to a stranger on the street and ask him something like, "Do you think you are a good person?" And the person will probably respond more or less, "Yeah, I think I'm a good person." And Ray will then ask, "Have you ever lied?" And the person's like, "Well." Yeah, I've lied. Have you stolen? Yeah, maybe kind of. Have you been greedy? Sure, yeah, I've been greedy. Then Ray will say, well, did you, did you know that you have broken several of God's commandments, of his Ten Commandments? And James 2.10 says, if anyone keeps the whole law, 
and yet stumbles at one point, he is guilty of all. Now, what is Ray doing right there? He's, he's taking a few of the Ten Commandments and trying to show that people are sinners because they don't actually keep them, okay? Now, this is actually a really good strategy for evangelism. It actually shows you can't keep the Ten Commandments, and that's right, you can't. But I don't want you to misunderstand the goal of the Ten Commandments. That's not what they were made for. They were not made just for evangelism, okay? Does that make sense? It's not just so you can tell people you can't keep it. There's, there's something more beyond that, okay? And so the Ten Commandments were, they weren't just created, they were not created just for the purpose of convicting your lost friends. Um, you know, have you ever lied or stolen or anything like that? Uh, you know, the Ten Commandments, they go way beyond that. They go way beyond that. Uh, once again, the way of the master is fine. There's nothing wrong with it there. I'm just concerned about people who could misuse that strategy and only think about the Ten Commandments in terms of evangelism. So uh, they're helpful in evangelism. It's great. Use it. Uh, but it's not just for that purpose, okay? Number five, number five. They are rules to be used to form government, okay? They are rules to be used to form government. And I mentioned this last week a little bit, but many people, especially uber-conservative peeps in America, think the Ten Commandments belong in the Constitution of every country. Um, like the reason God gave us the Ten Commandments is so that every nation on the planet can, ha can organize their government into a Christian government. And so this is what really some people think, actually. Um, like, did you know that like, the Oklahoma State Capitol used to have a large stone tablet of the Ten Commandments on it? It's true. It just got removed in the last three years or so. Or sorry, it got installed in the last three years, but it just got removed in the last couple of months. Uh, and people like were you know, crying out, like, why would they do that? That's crazy. But you know what? They really never belonged there in the first place. They never really did. That's not the point of the Ten Commandments. The point is not so that every country can have them, okay? That's not the point at all. The only exception to that is Israel. Only Israel has to have the Ten Commandments in their constitution. And we'll, I'll explain that in just a little bit, why that is, but that's just the, tr that's just the way it is. So um, they're not to be, like, hung on a placard in, in the Oval Office. That's not the design of them, okay? So that's number five. Number six, they're only for baby Christians. They're only for baby Christians. <clears throat> They're only for baby Christians. If you think the Ten Commandments are just for new, uh, new believers or for uh, and for baby Christians, uh, I would argue that you are the baby Christian, actually. Um, you don't understand the Ten Commandments at all. Uh, there are two problems, really, with this mindset. First, the Ten Commandments are not basic. They're not basic. They are foundational, but they're not basic, okay? Um, number, well, yeah, number two, the second problem, is that the Ten Commandments are somewhat complex. They're somewhat complex. They're not impossible to understand, but there is a complexity to them, and we're gonna see what that is in the coming weeks. So it's just, in fact, it's gonna take us two to three months of prep work before we even start delving into the Ten Commandments. There's a complexity to them. And so if you think it's just for baby Christians, you're completely mistaken. They are the foundation of the Christian life. 
but that means we're always using them and, and working with them. So they're very important uh, for everyone. Number seven, some people say they are only for Israel and not the church. They are only for Israel and not the church. Um, I said before that the only nation who should have the Ten Commandments in their constitution is Israel, and that's because God wrote it for them in their constitution. That's just, it's a part of, it's a part of Israel's constitution. Uh, but it's not for other nations just to adopt and put in their, in their constitutions. However, you can easily take this to mean that, well, since it was written in Israel's constitution, it absolutely has no value for me whatsoever since I'm not an Israelite, since I'm not Jewish. Well, that's just not true either. That's not true either. Uh, let me give you a simple illustration of how this works. I grew up in the state of Ohio. Uh, in Ohio, people don't drive as fast uh, as they do here in California, right? Uh, you drive 65 on the freeway or a lot faster. Um, and in Ohio, you really only drive like 55. Like that's kind of the highest you go. Like it's, it's just not that, not, not that high. Uh, now, you could make the argument, hey, I don't live in Ohio that has a speed limit of 55 miles per hour. So that means I can drive however fast I want. I can go up to 200 miles per hour if I want to. That would be stupid. Like, you, you just can't do that. The problem with that is you live in California, which does have a speed limit. Uh, sure, you can go 10 miles per hour faster, but you can't go however fast you want. There is a rule. Uh, you may not be under the law of Ohio, but you are under the law of California, okay? Well, some people want to make the same argument about the Ten Commandments. They say, hey, I'm not Jewish. I don't live in Israel. I, do, I can do whatever I want. Um, but that, what's the problem with that? The same as before. The ten, uh, sure, you may not be Jewish, but you, are, but you are under the law of Christ, okay? You're not under the law of Israel, but you are under the law of Christ, which accomplishes the same purpose of the Ten Commandments because the law of Christ is built on the Ten Commandments, okay? And so... There, there is value to the Ten Commandments. Don't, don't disregard them just because it's for Israel. Uh, it is for us as well. It is for us as well, okay? Number eight, um, they can save me. They can save me. Uh, some people just think, hey, the Ten Commandments say that they can save you. And that's just not true. They never make that claim. They never claim that they can save you. Um, you there, there's, just, there's a real serious flaw to, to this type of thinking. Uh, you, just, you can't keep them perfectly. Uh, we know this from the story of the rich young ruler. Uh, you know, the rich young ruler said, you know, I've kept all the commandments from my youth, right? And, and Jesus said to him, but you lack one thing. You lack one thing. Go and sell all your possessions. And, and he got really upset, and he said, I, I can't do that. And the whole point is he didn't keep the whole law the way God wanted to. He thought he did, but he didn't. And so he missed the whole point of the Ten Commandments. It wasn't, the whole point wasn't to save you. That's not the point. We'll find out what the point is in the coming weeks, but it's not to save you. Number nine, number nine, they are worthless because they claim they can save you. They are worthless because they claim they can save you. So this is kind of the flip side of it. People realize, hey, 
well, the Ten Commandments do claim they can save you, but since we know that salvation is by Christ alone, in faith alone, then that means the Ten Commandments are worthless. They really are because they claim they can save you. Well, we just tackled this. No, they, they don't claim they can save you. They actually have value to your life. Um, so that's actually completely false as well. And finally, number 10, they are boring. They are boring. And if you're, if you're making that type of a statement, you're just grasping at straws at this point, okay? Uh, if you think the Ten Commandments are boring, you simply are demonstrating that, that not only do you misunderstand the Ten Commandments, but also you could really care less about them, okay? They're not boring. They are everything. They, they are so integral to the Christian life. Um, the, the kind of person who believes the Ten Commandments are boring is the kind of person who is likely to be an unbeliever and could even be atheistic. Uh, these, these are the kinds of like teenagers who are ready to get up and leave the church uh, because they just don't care about God and his word. So they're not boring. They're not boring, okay? Now, if we could boil these 10 myths into a succinct, succinct statement, I would say most Christians uh, just don't know what to do with the Ten Commandments. They really don't. They have no clue. And so you see one of two things happening. Either one, people completely ignore the Ten Commandments because they don't know what to do with them, or two, uh, they horribly distort the purpose of the Ten Commandments, okay? Those are one of two things that happens. I want to make sure that by next summer, hopefully by next summer, you walk away not only understanding the Ten Commandments, but appreciating them for what they're really worth. That's my goal. Now, did you know that the largest chapter in our Bibles is reserved just for rejoicing over God's law? Did you know that? Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it is all about praising God for his law. Psalm 119 is 176 verses long. The next longest chapter is 89 verses. That's long. That's very long. It's a very important chapter in our Bible. And so you could, and, and here's the thing. The Ten Commandments are the foundation of God's law. And so you could really say that the longest chapter in the Bible is dedicated to rejoicing over the Ten Commandments. Really, you could say that. And I want to share with you just a few verses from Psalm 119 that talks about, in essence, the Ten Commandments, okay? Listen along. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. <coughs> I understand more than the aged because I've observed your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. And the psalmist says some striking things here. He says he has more insight than all his teachers. He says he's, he understands more than the aged, and that's a pretty bold statement. Um, to be able to say that you know more than the most educated on the planet, that's, that's a pretty strong statement. But you see, the psalmist knows how the Ten Commandments work. He knows how they work. He understands they're not just ten random rules. The Ten Commandments have taught him to think. They have taught him to think. And that's why he can say this, and that causes him to see the Ten Commandments as so precious and so valuable. <coughs> I want our attitude for, uh, our, I want our, the attitude of Psalm 119 to be our theme for this series. 
Oh, how I love your law. How I love your Ten Commandments, oh God. Uh, You may have a hard time saying that now, but I hope and I really believe that you will find yourself saying the exact same thing by the time we're all said and done. The Ten Commandments are, they're so valuable. They're so important. They're so integral to how we live the Christian life. And I hope that just by going through these 10 things of what they're not, that you're beginning to already see that it's not what people think they are. They actually have some value. And I know that we haven't even tackled yet exactly what they are. We haven't tackled the purpose yet. But as we're going to go through the coming weeks, I think you're going to see that these 10 commandments are going to be so important for the way you live your life every single day. When you're going about school, when you're at home interacting with your parents, anywhere in your life, whatever you do, you are going to find the Ten Commandments are going to be front and center to what you do. It's true. It's absolutely true. And and I'll show you why that is uh, in the next couple of weeks, okay? So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the Ten Commandments, and we thank you so much for their value. Father, help us not to just get so caught up in the trap that the Ten Commandments are not important, that they're just random, that they're just a bunch of rules or whatever. Father, help us to see the value of them and to really appreciate appreciate them for what they really are. Father, I pray that you would give us insight into this in the coming weeks. Excite us about this. May we grow and honor Christ Jesus because of it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.